You're listening to the Golden Edge Podcast, sponsored by Station Casinos STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Here's your hosts, David Shane and Ben Goats. What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about hockey and a uh, hot streak of hockey that the Golden Knights are on. I am Ben Goats, one of your Review Journal uh, night beat writers. Joining me on the other line, as always, is my colleague, David Shane. Dave, how you doing this fine Tuesday afternoon? I am good, and you want to know why I'm good? Because there's no more April Fools. Like, we got to ban that holiday, especially, like, on Twitter. And for news people doing all this, like, funny stuff? Nah, come on, forget this April Fool's stuff. So, uh, there, that's my... That's my rant to start off the podcast. How about that? You see, I'm with you. And like, I consider myself to be a smart person. Generally, I graduated college. I have a degree. That's very nice. I all of a sudden, for whatever reason, like my brain turns off on April Fool's and I fall for almost everything. Like it is just like a day where I just need to be off Twitter and not look at anything because I'm just so either gullible or like easily persuaded. I will like talk myself into anything or I will spend like way too long trying to decide if it's like a prank or not. And it's just, it's a tough day for me. I don't know how else to say it. I, it is not the best day for me to, you know, look good and smart to the masses, which is why I personally just try to avoid it like the plague. Uh, But what we will of course not do on this podcast is avoid talking about the Knights and they run that they are on. My goodness, they are getting hot uh, pretty much at the exact right time you want to get hot. We'll discuss what that means for their playoff chances, how the team is looking, and uh, all of that. But before we get into everything, I just want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge Podcast is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. We are also presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal. Please check out all our written work at reviewjournal.com. Uh, and Blue Wire. And of course, if you guys can rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcast, please do to this one. We would very much appreciate it. Uh, so last time we were kind of talking, uh, which was last week, Dave, you kind of divided up the night's remaining schedule into two chunks. You had a seven-game chunk, and then you had an eight-game chunk to finish the season. And, you know, we kind of talked about, okay, they really need to make hay in this kind of first seven game chunk if they're even going to kind of give themselves a chance because it was a pretty easy stretch not a lot of you know or basically no playoff teams to speak of so you really need to have a good record here to put yourself in position of when things get a little bit trickier in those last eight games that you've put yourself in a good spot that you don't have to you know finish like six and two or something like that and in this first kind of little stretch, so far so good. The Knights swept a road trip with two games in Seattle and one in Vancouver. They have a five-game winning streak that ties their longest winning streak of the year. Pretty good time to put together a run like that. Uh, they're 4-0, specifically in the chunk that we were kind of talking about, with home games against the Canucks and Coyotes and another road game uh, in Vancouver yet to go. We said they probably needed to go like minimum Five and two in these seven games. They've clearly set themselves up to do that or even do better than that. Um, We're going to dive a little bit more into the specifics of like kind of what's going right for the team, who they've gotten back and 
We're going to get a little bit more into the specifics of how the standings are setting up even right now. But uh, just from a you know broad standpoint, Dave, watching this team and how they kind of played on this recent you know swing through the Pacific Northwest, how much did this road trip kind of change your view of this team's odds of getting into the playoffs? I wouldn't say it's changed my view. Maybe what it – how am I trying to say this? Like – it hasn't not changed it. I, I that's probably not even the way to, to way to articulate this either. I I think what I'm trying to say is that had had they gone and done anything other than what they did, I guess that would have changed it, and then that would have made me say, okay, yeah, they're they're toast, you know. So basically, what they did is they took care of business and they stayed in the race. So in that sense, like it hasn't changed my view you know, in, in, in any way, like I still think they're capable of getting to the finish line and making the playoffs. They didn't, they didn't do anything to ruin their chances in that regard, but there's still a lot of work here to be done and there's still 11 games left. And, you know, I think some things can change over that, but uh, you know, if nothing else, like they just, they didn't, they didn't step on themselves. I'm, I'm trying to like censor myself a little bit here. Um, you know, they, they didn't do anything to hurt their their chances. How about that? That's, that's the best way to put it. No, they definitely didn't. And their odds, I think, even from our last recording, have gone uh, slightly up. Uh, they're at 63% to make the playoffs at 538, 54% uh, money puck, uh, 56% uh, on the athletic. Um, but like all of those, like I said, I think have are on the upswing. But none of those, I don't think, have tra- changed like that drastically since the last time we recorded they haven't like you know like doubled or anything and i think it's worth saying even with that first number at 538 63 that sounds i think probably pretty good to a lot of knights fans uh that's still the ninth best playoff odds in the western conference they still have the kind of ninth best odds across the board and only eight teams get in as i'm sure most people listening know so there is still a hill to climb here they have not kind of pushed themselves into a playoff spot by points percentage. And the reason for that is, and you kind of alluded to this day by saying, you know, they kind of needed to do what they ended up doing on this road trip is that uh, the playoff picture in the West has been uh, extremely difficult in terms of the Knights making up any ground. Uh, They were able to, I think, to kind of inch themselves closer to a lot of the teams they're chasing with this five game winning streak, but while they have gone five and zero oh in those kind of same range of dates, Edmonton has gone five and one. So they've also had the same number of points as the Knights in that stretch. The Kings are three, two and two with eight points. So two fewer uh, than the Knights, but that's, you know, not a huge difference. They haven't completely like fallen apart or anything. Um, the Knights are now four back of LA with a game in hand. So they could get within two points of the Kings uh, tomorrow when they play the Canucks tonight. But the Kings do have a very favorable schedule down the stretch as well. So even that's kind of a, a little tricky. Uh, and in this same stretch, the Stars also have eight points. They are four and two. So the Knights have closed ground, but they have not like overtaken anyone in this playoff race. They are still kind of the pursuers rather than the pursued. Really, the only things that this 5-0 and stretch kind of changed for the Knights is, one, uh, the Predators went 2-2 two and two during the Knights' run 
So all of a sudden, that's kind of a fourth team that they're at least in range of. Uh, the Predators have the same number of points as the Knights. They do have three games in hand, so it's not necessarily a given that the Knights could chase the Predators down. But like I said, that's at least another team where Pete DeBoer was talking about today. Of like, We need one team to kind of fall off a little bit. Well, now all of a sudden, instead of kind of three teams that we thought last week were in the mix in Dallas, Edmonton, and LA. Now the Predators are kind of hanging around there too, of like have the potential to at least kind of fall out of it. And then the other thing that's pretty much happened is Winnipeg and Vancouver have pretty much dropped out of it. It's kind of down to a nine team race for the eight playoff spots in the Western conference. Uh, the Knights are six points up on the Jets and eight points up on the Canucks. Both have a game in hand, but you know, the Knights, especially when they did their five-game losing streak on the road a little bit ago, which included a loss to the Jets. Part of the reason that that was pretended very badly for the Knights is not only did it push them further down the standings away from the Edmontons and LAs and Dallases of the world, it brought them closer to the Vancouver's and Winnipeg's kind of chasing them from behind. So it seemed like they were going to have extra competition to even you know get back into the wild card slash Pacific division race. Now they're pretty much clear of those two, two teams. So the kind of back pressure on them has gone away. Uh, so like I said, now we've got kind of a nine teams fighting for eight playoff spots. Obviously um, a lot of the teams that we haven't mentioned, you know, like the Calgary's Colorado's Minnesota, St. Louis's are kind of locks. So they're not really worth talking about in regards uh, to the Knights, but there are four teams that they at least have a chance to overtake, depending on how these last 11 games go. So, you know, what do you make of how the last kind of week or so or, you know, week plus, if we go back to when this night's five-game winning streak started, uh, what do you make of how this is setting up for them, Dave? Well, I think for one thing, just there's some positive feelings around the team where, you know, you go back a couple weeks ago when they were in that losing streak and and you could feel it. You could tell everybody was a little bit tight and, and maybe a little bit angry, uh, maybe just kind of, you know, feeling the the heat of the playoff race and thought they were putting on, you know, a good face as, as much as they could about it and, and saying they were, you know, enjoying playing meaningful games and all those sorts of things. But like they, that's a situation that they, you know, haven't expected to be in and haven't been in. To their credit, they've thrived in it. Like they've they figured out a way to come back from that three goal deficit against Chicago. You know they they rode that you know momentum against you know Seattle again. You know I thought they were a little conservative, especially in that first game. You know, kind of almost playing it sort of playoff style, and and you know got good goaltending from Logan Thompson. Were able to shut out Seattle. Um, you know the the Vancouver game. You know, I, I thought they again just just sort of digging deep in, in overtime and you know figuring out a way to to get two points out of it. You know, even though they put a goal into their own net, um, it, it feels like they have a little bit of confidence. It feels like you know, I mean, we saw you know Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone skate across the ice today at, at City National. A clear indication that they had been skating on their own on the other pad. And then, you know, that was something that Pete DeBoer confirmed. Like, you know, you start to feel like maybe the, the locker room knows that maybe those guys are getting closer. You know, they've gotten Robin Leonard back, you know, it's just, 
I think there's a confidence, you know, around this team right now that that they're banking some points. They've done what they need to do. You know, a guy like Jonathan Marchessault's, you know, putting the puck in the net. Eichel is seeing the puck go in. Like they're they're they've finally got some combinations with their lines that that seem to be clicking. You know, everything seems to be you know going their way. You know, right now, which hasn't really happened at all. You know, this season, and I know there's some fans of other teams that you know, have enjoyed that and say, good karma, you know, you finally have to suffer like the rest of us. But, you know, when you're a good team and you're talented, things kind of tend to break your way. That, that That's sort of what happens when, when you have the better players. And I think we're starting to see that a little bit, you know, but again, and, and you touched on this, that they need help. They need some of these other teams to fall off the pace, whether it's, you know, the Kings whether it's one of these wild card teams or or someone else along the way, I don't think they're going to win 16 in a row. You know, if you go back to the five and then add the final 11, like that's probably not going to happen. Um, as I wrote in the story, if if that playoff cut line is projected to be at 97, they need to go at least seven, three, and one the rest of the way to get just to the to the 97. So there's still a lot of work to be done. There's there's still a handful of you know, tough games mixed in there. Edmonton, Calgary. They've got a game against Washington. And then that last road trip is has got, you know, that game against Dallas is going to obviously, you know, have have immense impact on the standings and, and probably that wild card race, depending on where the Knights are, you know, at that point. And then even St. Louis, you know, I don't expect St. Louis to, you know, have to be fighting for a playoff spot at that point in the last game of the season. But you know, maybe they're fighting for seeding. Maybe they have, you know, something to play for too. And maybe that game, you know, isn't a cakewalk for the Knights either. So, you know, there's a chance for them, you know, with, with six games against, you know, teams that they should beat, you know, for this to set up pretty well. But, you know, they're they're going to need some help along the way. And, and that's sort of their own doing as we've talked about, you know, time and time again here on the podcast. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Yeah, they definitely dug themselves quite a hole, but obviously a five-game winning streak is a heck of a way to try to dig yourself back out of it and let's get into some reasons why they're starting to kind of climb again. You've already mentioned you know, Jack Eichel and Jonathan March so playing well. Jack Eichel's seemingly recovered from an injury he, should, he suffered a couple of weeks ago. He's back taking face-offs and everything. Um, but really the keys to me have been, one, I want to talk about the just the blue line really quick because I know the Knights, you know, their recent games were against Seattle, who has been very, very bad this year, and Vancouver, who has obviously not been great and now almost certainly will not make the playoffs. But... It's also not a total shock to me that Alec Martinez and Braden McNabb uh, get back in the lineup. Uh, obviously, Martinez against the Blackhawks, McNabb against the Kraken to start the three-game road trip. And this team all of a sudden just looks much better and much more complete. Uh, they are almost entirely healthy on the blue line. Nick Hag is the only guy missing now. And it's just obvious it's helping in so many ways from uh, breakouts to in-zone defense to... Uh, blocking shots. I mean, the the entire road trip, the Knights had 78 shots on goal allowed and 60 block shots, which is 
ridiculous. Um, but even offensively, you know, Pete DeBoer mentioned it today where having those kind of guys back allows them to manage the minutes for Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore a little bit more. And it leaves their legs fresher, especially late in games, for them to go create and go attack offensively. And Theodore scored the game winner in overtime against Vancouver, which was a huge extra point for the Knights. And maybe if those guys aren't back, Theodore's a little bit more winded or gassed uh, in the extra session. And he doesn't come up with that kind of play. So I think it's very interesting seeing, you know, how much having those kind of, you know, six NHL guys all together is making a difference uh, for this team. But what did you see, Dave, on the road trip from the blue line? Yeah, you know, especially the goal, the second goal that Theodore scored, you know, in Seattle, just the way that he jumped up into the play and, and was able to kind of fill that middle lane. And you can you can do that when you have a partner like Braden McNabb that you trust back there. Um, I think that's part of it. I mean, I'm sure, you know, some of it too is – you know they need this team has needed goals. This team has needed offense, and and they've pushed and they've tried, and, and at times they've been caught up ice, and it's and it's hurt them. And and again to circle back to you know you've got different partners, and yes, I I understand that Petrangelo is is more playing with Ben Hutton, you know, right now that it's not like he's, you know, it's not it's not like he's got Theodore or, or, or like McNabb um, or Martinez with him. Like I understand that, but. There's a there's an effect that that it has on everybody and just all the partners and and the trust when you can go three deep, especially, you know, if there was a little bit there where they were rolling out kind of a preseason lineup, you know, nothing against Daniil Miramanov because I watched him last night in the Silver Knights game and he was like the best player on the ice by far. It wasn't even close. He looked like he didn't even belong out there and in a good way, but like, you know, they're rolling out like him and Coughlin and like Braden Paul and like, you know, some of these guys, like not again, nothing against them, but like, you know, you're going 10, 11 deep, 12 deep into your organization to like get defensemen. You're going to get a different level of play. You know, it, it's just reality. And, and so, you know, you, you, like you said, the ice time, you know, that you can roll guys out in, in, in different situations. You can, you can even feel comfortable with Martinez and White Cloud out there as like a shutdown pair if, if need be. It it has so many different, you know, impacts. the The cool thing is like I, I've been trying to look at this, and and I did a poor job of research and all that. But like, you know, other than Shea Theodore, what I don't think anybody other than Colin Miller from the defense, you know, has had a a forty point season. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember if Petrangelo did last year. Um, I'll look it up here. But like the fact that Petrangelo and Shea Theodore are are over 40 points, so no. So Petrangelo obviously missed some time last year, seven goals, 23 points. So he's at 40 points this year. Theodore's at 41. Like that'll be a cool little battle, you know, for the defenseman, you know, to see who ends up with the most points. But like that's always been a struggle for the Knights to get, you know, guys back there. Like I said, I think Colin Miller was the only one other than than Theodore over forty, I you can fact check that for me here. Hopefully, I'll, I've stolen enough. Um, but yeah, it's it's just the fact that that those two, you know, are are making an impact so much again offensively. There was a lull there. There was a, there was a there was a stretch where the defensemen weren't impacting the game that way, and maybe it was because they had to worry about you know their own zone so much. But that's been just very noticeable the last handful of games. No, I would totally agree. 
Uh, Nate Schmidt never hit 40 points in the season for the Knights. So I think that stat is pretty much safe. But no, it was something that was such a key part of their game last year, especially since Pete DeBoer took over and was like encouraging, you know, defensemen to get up and be part of the rush and everything like that. Um, I mean, last year, the Knights finished second in points among defensemen, I think only to Colorado, and they were first in goals by defensemen. Um, and this year, even after that kind of really good road trip where you have Petrangelo and Theodore really contributing heavily uh, offensively, the Knights are still 12th in points by defensemen, which is certainly not um, bad, but it's also not, like I said, quite at the level that they were. And so I think having those guys, Petrangelo and Theodore, who obviously right now are with Stone and Pacioretty still out of the lineup for now, and even Riley Smith still out, are two of your more kind of talented players. They need those guys to be providing that extra edge for the Knights. And that was something that was definitely apparent on the road trip, and the Knights are going to need to have continue to be true moving forward. Uh, the other, obviously, big thing that happened uh, over the road trip is that the Knights' goaltending became a lot more whole because Robin Leonard came back Sunday against the Vancouver Canucks. I also know you wrote this in a story during the road trip, Dave, but Logan Thompson should uh, probably get like a bonus or something if the Knights make the playoffs. He won twice in Seattle, including his first shutout. He's 7-4 and four with a 9-21 save percentage as a rookie. Uh, that's nuts. Then, like I said, Leonard, who left practice the last time we recorded with kind of an apparent injury after getting hit by a Jack Eichel one-timer, Got the win in his return, even though he kind of, you know, had that fluke goal go between his legs. He rallied against the Canucks, didn't give up anything else, and held on, you know, for the Knights to win in overtime. Um, The key is now that these kind of two guys are healthy, and we heard from Leonard a little bit today, uh, just what did you make of uh, Robin Leonard's performance on Sunday, Dave? And what do you think, you know, the Knights setup uh, is going to look like with their goalies the rest of the way now that they're a lot healthier in that. Well, I thought he was solid. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, like say he was some kind of, you know, Vezina Trophy winning goalie and whatever. Like, you know, clearly the own goal was was a talking point. Uh, certainly some folks on social media had some opinions about it. Even the, uh, the uh, nice women that were sitting behind me at the uh, Silver Knights game last night had an opinion on it. Um, like I get that it looked bad and, and whatever, but you know, none of us have really been in a crease with 90 mile an hour pucks, hundred mile an hour pucks coming at us. And then some weird change up, you know, getting thrown at us. Like I know it's a different sport and whatever, but you know, I've played baseball, I've played fast pitch softball and I have almost literally like thrown my shoulder out trying to swing in a change up and being like a day ahead of it. You just get your timing is so what you know out of whack and whatever you know. So yeah, okay, great. Like unfortunate, unlucky. You don't want to give up that goal, you know. But I thought for the most part, you know, Vancouver especially, it felt like they pushed more and more as that game went on. It felt like the Knights really had their legs and, and really were in control early. Um, and and that those are the types of games when you have to rely on a goaltender. Uh, you know, you need you know, games to, you know, go from like 2-1 and, and stay there. And I understand that it went to 2-2, but like, you know, they didn't they didn't let that game get 
out of control. Like Pete DeBoer said afterward, you know, it's 2-2 on the road. And you're in position to either win it or go to overtime and get an extra point. Like in almost every case, that's what you want. So, so everything that Robin Leonard gave them for the most part in that game was, was what they're going to need going forward from their number one guy. The most interesting thing to me is going to be because of the way that the schedule sets up and the way that the schedule breaks for them, they've got some time off. Like there's, there's a couple little, little gaps like the one back-to-back is the dallas chicago at the start of the very last road trip you know but other than that you've got like you know the game on wednesday two days off you know then two days off you know after the game against arizona there's a the 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 games in calgary edmonton aren't a back-to-back there's actually a, a a day break in there and it's a very short trip between those cities you know, it's a couple hours or, or whatever it is. So, you know, like that's an easy one. You know, you've got a day off coming home. Like then you've got that three-day break, you know, after the game against Washington. So like there's a chance where if Leonard gets hot that you can really ride him. And and there's some some gaps in the schedule built in, you know, for, for him to get some breaks. And, you know, maybe you spot start, you know, Logan Thompson against Arizona. Maybe you spot start him against like – you know, New Jersey, just to try to keep him sharp, just to try to keep him, you know, as a just in case, you know, and, and because he's earned it too. But I would think, and I, I, Pete DeBoer sort of alluded to this, you know, after, you know, that game Sunday in Vancouver of like, yes, Logan Thompson done a great job, but they need Robin Leonard back. He's going to be the guy. And it was important, especially, you know, that first game for him to come in and play well and, you know, credit, like, the TV folks and Darren Millard asked about this today. And, you know, I thought Robin Leonard gave a funny answer about like, you know, oh, I guess you want me to be injured more, but like every time he's been out and come back that first game, he's won. He's four. No, he's had four since on, you know, injury, whatever. And he's come back and won all four of those starts. So whatever he's doing to knock off the rust, you know, coming back from an injury, whether it's the training staff or him, he's done what he's needed to do. And, you know, they'll they'll need him to continue that down the stretch. Yeah, it's an absolute credit to him that he always seems to find a way to kind of battle through whatever in his first game back. Because, I mean, obviously that's tough for the Knights whenever you have to bring him back in that situation because every game means so much right now. I mean, you even uh, retweeted something from uh, Money Puck before that Vancouver game about how much of a swing in the night's playoff odds that game potentially was i think it was up to like you know they would have been at like 40 percent if they lost that game and could have gone up to like 58 percent to make the playoffs if they won that game and you know you're starting a guy for the first time and basically a month in that game and probably at least a little unsure what you're gonna get that's it's a risk but leonard made it obviously much less of a risk uh with the way he played and even though that second goal obviously does not look good for anyone, I think the fact that, you know, he didn't give up anything else and what it took for Vancouver to get a second goal in that game was kind of just the most, you know, unfortunate kind of uh, fluky uh, flip of the puck that you can find is probably a credit to his play and how well he came back. And now it'll just be interesting to see how he continues to adjust moving forward here because the Knights. Uh, can't afford to have many off nights from their 
goaltenders or most players heading into the stretch run here. Uh, The last thing, of course, we got to talk about is the fact that in non-Golden Knights news, in Silver Knights news, in fact, there is a new arena open to hockey fans in the Las Vegas Valley. Uh, The Dollar Loan Center opened its doors in Henderson uh, for a Silver Knights game for the first time on Saturday. It had previously already hosted events, but the Silver Knights got to finally skate in a game in their home digs over the weekend, and they still have quite a few home games remaining. Dave, you were there. You've been in the rink even since then. What are your kind of first impressions of what fans can expect with that building? Well, with all the players and coaches and, you know, even like some of the fans you know, that I talked to have said about it, and yeah, you know, I can kind of see it. I can kind of feel it, um, is it's got that mini T-Mobile sort of look and feel and vibe to it. You know, it's – look, I understand that they're professional players. I understand that that comes with, you know, a a certain level of, you know, amenities and everything like that. But I say this as a compliment. It was like a college environment in there. College, you know, this been like, you know, not all the schools are like, you know, Minnesota and Wisconsin and North Dakota – with like 10, 12, you know, and 15,000 seat arenas, depending on, you know, if it's like basketball. So like the Cole Center with Wisconsin, a lot of them are like smaller, you know, like Michigan Yoast, you know, is 5,000, 6,000. You're like right on top of the ice and the the roof is low and everybody's just yelling and screaming nonstop and they're just into it. You know, every hit, every bump, every goal, like it's just like almost like a, it's a it's a fun but like rowdy fun environment and that's what it felt like you know for that opening night you know uh, the unfortunate thing was they played a really good team and unfortunately right now the silver knights are you know they've got guys that are called up and they've got their own injury issues you know that they're dealing with and and they're digging deep into the goaltending you know real quick kudos to Isaiah Seville in, in the game that he played Monday against Rockford but like you know it it was a tough spot for them. You know, it was three, two going into the third period on Saturday against Bakersfield. And, you know, you, you wanted to see them like, you know, really get, you know, the crowd and, and ride that wave and, and kind of all that Bakersfield scored early and just kind of showed their, their veteran medal, um, you know, where that silver Knights team is just kind of really young and inexperienced. And, you know, that, that was unfortunate. You, you always want to win, you know, in a game like that, you know, just with the full house and everything, but you know, in terms of just the way that they presented everything and kind of the energy in there, especially, you know, it, it really did kind of have that that T-Mobile arena feel to it. And then, you know, look, this is the other thing, too, that I think needs to get mentioned was Monday night. And, and I went, you know, my father has season tickets and had some time, so I went with him. The official attendance was 4172. And I, I think that was maybe a little bit more of like the, the sold tickets, you know, I don't think every buddy who had season tickets was there and all that. It, it felt a little more, you know, not quite, it was a little more in like half filled, but even like that, even half filled, you know, on a Monday night for a team that's 500, like it had energy in there and it felt, you know, different than Orleans and, and absolutely nothing against Orleans. Cause I think that that's like a really good AHL sized, you know, arena and all that. But, this just has a much more intimate kind of right on top of the ice feel that I think if you're a fan 
it just brings you right into the action. Yeah, well, fans that are interested in checking out the Dollar Loan Center, uh, as we're recording this on uh, Tuesday, the Silver Knights actually play there tonight, but it's probably going to come out too late for many of you that are listening. Uh, but they do have still seven home games remaining after that, including uh, or starting April 13th all the way until their season finale, April 30th, where they host Ontario. They literally close out their schedule with seven straight home games. So there's plenty of time to check it out. I know I'm going to be going over there at some point to check it out because I'm very excited to see how it looks and feels. Uh, as Dave mentioned, I consider uh, a college hockey arena one of the uh, highest compliments you can give because I have had a lot of fun in college hockey arenas throughout my life. And I'm very excited for the uh, Frozen Four coming up as well, which of course includes Knight's first round pick, Brendan Brisson. Uh But we're going to talk more about probably a lot of that stuff uh, coming up here, but we will sign off for now. Uh, just a reminder before we go, the Golden Edge podcast is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. We are also presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal. Please check out all our written work at reviewjournal.com. And we are also presented by Blue Wire. Uh, and of course, if you guys could rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcast, please do to this one. We would very much appreciate it. I'm Ben Goats. He's David Shane. We are the Golden Edge Podcast. We'll talk to you guys again real soon. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.